Live from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe. It's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now, here's your host, Chris Arnson. Good afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and the rest of humanity living on the planet Earth. We're listening via live streaming at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnzen, host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Wednesday on this 24th day of January 2024. I want to start off the program uh, by thanking again all of my listeners who have been praying for my health after I had a scare on Saturday night, believing I had a stroke. Turns out it was Bell's palsy a far less serious uh, situation, but it's still annoying and is still giving me a, uh, a comparatively minor bit of trouble eating, drinking, uh, and even speaking. Uh, I don't know if anyone can detect my lisp, uh, and I may be mispronouncing some words here and there, but I do that anyway. Uh, but I, I treasure your prayers for continued recovery, that this may uh, very quickly be a thing of the past and not be any burden to my radio show. Also, I want to thank my dear friend Brian McLaughlin, the owner and founder of SecureCom Group, who just notified me about an hour ago or less that he is renewing his advertising contract, his annual advertising contract, here on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, and you will be continuing to hear his commercials on this program. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for your continued faithfulness and support and love for Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. But today we have a returning guest who is not only one of my very favorite guests to have on the show, but it appears uh, he is also the favorite of a growing number of listeners in my audience. I'm speaking of Dr. Joseph C. Moorcraft III, pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia. And uh, he is also the author of the eight-volume commentary on the Westminster Larger Catechism titled Authentic Christianity. Today we're going to be addressing the importance of reading the Old Testament and hearing it preached a warning against the heresy of Andy Stanley, who urged Christians to unhitch the Old Testament from the church. It's my honor and privilege to welcome you back to Iron Trip and Zion Radio, my dear friend, Dr. Joseph C. Moorcraft III. It's always an honor for me too, Chris. Thanks. And uh, I also want to thank you again and your elders 
at Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, for very recently renewing your annual advertising contract with us, which is uh, highly, highly coveted and greatly treasured. So thank you so much. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, before we go on to our theme, uh, let our listeners know about uh, Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia. We are a small but growing congregation in Cumming, Georgia, which is the county seat of Forsyth County, about 40 miles from the heart of Atlanta. We uh, were founded about nine or ten years ago. We are members of the Reformed Presbyterian Church, Hanover Presbytery, which is a small denomination, but which is thoroughly dedicated to the original Westminster Confession of Faith, to the inerrancy and sufficiency of Scripture, and to the carrying out of the Great Commission. Our people come from all over the place. We have various backgrounds. They come from various cities, various denominations, uh, various races, and we praise the Lord for them and their devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have a lot of them listening today. Oh, praise God for that. Uh, well, uh, if anybody wants to find out more about this fine church uh, that we love to promote, uh, this fine church located in Cumming, Georgia, Heritage Presbyterian Church. Uh, the website is heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, and that will be repeated at uh, the end of the program, God willing. Well, as I've already mentioned, we are going to be addressing the importance of reading the Old Testament and hearing it preached and this is a warning against the heresy of Andy Stanley, who urged Christians to unhitch the Old Testament from the church. And I understand that you wanted to start the program by actually uh, covering some issues in the New Testament in the Book of Romans. Yes, sir. I, uh, I have spent a great amount of time asking my question, uh, myself, what happened to the church in America? At one time, the, the church in America was a great church, the most powerful force for good, for the Bible, for Christ, for the historic Reformed faith, uh, the most powerful in the whole world. And now it is one of the most powerful uh, instruments of evil in the United States. What happened? And I have come to the conclusion several years ago that what happened is Christians quit reading the Old Testament. Preachers quit preaching on it. Christians quit studying it. It doesn't have any real important place in Christians' lives today. They don't realize that the Old Testament, starting with the books of Moses, that the Old Testament is the foundation of everything we have. You have people today who say, well, we're a New Testament church. And I tell people, well, I'm sad to hear that uh, because I'm not a New Testament Christian. I'm a Bible Christian. I believe we can't understand the New Testament. We can't understand the gospel. We can't understand Christian ethics. We can't understand what's going on in this world unless we start with a basic understanding of the Old Testament. And there is a text that every Christian should memorize, that tells us that very thing. 
And if a person has his Bible there, he can turn to Romans chapter 15 and start reading with verse 4. And I'm going to read about five or six verses. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the fathers and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy. That has a world of theology in it. If we could only get to the point of it. Paul says, here's why you should read the Old Testament. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. He's talking about the Old Testament, obviously. And he's saying whatever was written in the Old Testament was written for our instruction on this side of the resurrection of Christ. And we're ignorant of the, we don't know what the Old Testament says. We're ignorant of its history. We're ignorant of its theology. And uh, largely because preachers don't preach on it anymore. And also preachers like the one you mentioned uh, deliberately try to wean their people off of the Old Testament by saying that if Christians are going to be relevant in the 21st century, they have to, quote, unhitch themselves from the Old Testament. And can you imagine a preacher saying that in the face of what Paul said when he said, for whatever was written, whatever, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, to our instruction, to teach us, so that if we unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament, uh, some of the most important instruction that God gives his people, we're going to miss out on. We're going to misinterpret the New Testament. And there are certain great blessings we're going to miss out on. What Paul said here, if we uh, study what was written in earlier times, we will receive through that instruction perseverance and encouragement and hope. And we need perseverance. That means endurance. We're going to fight, have to fight a lot of battles. And we have to continue to fight the battles even past the point of weariness. We need encouragement. Sometimes it's easy to be depressed and to be down in the doldrums and have a defeated spirit. And we need, certainly need hope. Because if we give up on hope in this culture and base what we do on what we see, then we will be of no uh, we will be of no relevance in the modern world. So it says here, if we re listen to the instruction given to us from the Old Testament, we will find that we will have encouragement, endurance, 
and hope. And if we don't have those things, if we are in the doldrums, if we're already always depressed, if we're, it's easy for us to give up in the midst of the battle, if we're not always encouraged, there's a good reason for it. We don't read the Old Testament. And then it also says here that uh, the reason that we get these great blessings from reading the Old Testament is because God gives them to them. Here in verse 4, it says that the instruction of, of the Old Testament brings perseverance and encouragement and hope. And then in verse 5, it says that God is the one who gives perseverance and encouragement and the like. And so it's God himself that works through the Old Testament, not just man. And then there's another important thing here. It says that we get as we study the Old Testament, and that is this, that we will not only receive the things that I've mentioned, but we'll be in the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. If there's one thing the church needs today, it's unity and a sense of oneness. I mean, it's embarrassing to see how many different denominations there are in the world today. It's different. It's embarrassing to witness the non-Christians. And then they ask, what about this or what about that? And they'll receive 100, 200 different answers from people who have different doctrines and different viewpoints and different worldviews. And why is there such fragmentation in the church today? Because the church does not read the Old Testament. You look at those Christians who spend more time in the Old Testament and the New Testament, who spend more time in the Old Testament than the average Christian, and you'll find the most unity there. That's what I found. That if you want Christians that are of one voice, testifying to the same truths of one mind in one accord, same doctrine, same worldview, the greatest unity that I can find in the church today is among those people who read and study the Old Testament. And there is a very important doctrinal reason why the Bible brings these things to us. And it is spelled out in verse 8. It says, for I say, now I'm going to uh, ch change the translation of some of these words because I think there's a clearer way to translate verse 8 into English. So don't try to find this in your New American Standard Version. All right, this is a more crap version. <laughs> verse 8, for I say that Christ has become the administrator of the Abrahamic covenant, which sign is circumcision on behalf of the faithfulness of God that never changes to confirm the promises made to the fathers and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy. So the reason that Old Testament is so 
powerful in our, in our lives and does things that only God can do is because the one that brings all these blessings out to a person that studies and meditates on the Old Testament is none other than the mediator of the covenant himself who represents the faithfulness of God and whose goal is to accomplish, confirm, put into effect all of the promises of God to his people anywhere in the Old Testament. And ultimately, he's working that not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles may glorify God. And then he quotes about seven or eight verses from the Old Testament, proving God's uh, intention is to save the Gentiles and not the Jews. Now, what's a Gentile? Well, technically, a Gentile is a non-Jew. You have Jews and you have non-Jews, which are Gentiles. But the way I like to translate Gentile is everybody else, that God's at work to save the Jews and everybody else. All non-Jews. And he does it as we read and study and give ourselves to the Old Testament and the New Testament, the entirety of the Word of God. So verses like this excite me. Uh, I, I see churches like our church. Uh, there's a deep unity in it. There's a deep concern for evangelism in it. We, in our little church, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars every year to get the gospel all over the world. Uh, there is a deep unity. There is a deep love for the Old Testament. I just finished 100 sermons there on the book of Genesis, and last Sunday I started a new series on the book of Exodus. And you can tell the difference in a person's life. A person that unhitches himself from the Old Testament is a person that unhitches himself from the New Testament because he can't understand the new without the old. So if you look in your church and you see things that are weak, you don't see growth, you don't see unity, you see discouragement, there is one reason for it. You're not reading the Old Testament and your preacher's not preaching from the Old Testament. And obviously we have to clarify uh, because there is heresy that even exists in our day and age where people attempt to bind upon the believer today in the New Covenant uh, ceremonial laws and other things in the Old Covenant uh, that were bound upon the people of Israel exclusively. But today, to do so, would be Judaizing, especially if you are connecting this obedience to an old covenant ceremonial law as as somehow aiding in one's salvation, if you want to comment on that. That's exactly right, and you wouldn't know that if you wouldn't ha hadn't read the Old Testament. Right. If you don't read the Old Testament, you're not going to know. There's laws you're to obey, and there's laws to pass off the scene with the tabernacle. You're not going to know that. You're just going to believe what people tell you. Uh, I did a, good, a very important study Sunday morning for our people. It was on Moses and Jesus in the New Testament. What the Bible and the relationship of the two, and it's astounding. And I'm, one of the most dramatic verses is the 
story Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, the rich man was in hell. Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. And the rich man cries out from hell and says, Abraham, I have five brothers that are not saved. And I don't want them to perish at this flame. Find somebody that has been raised from the dead. That's significant. And send them to my five brothers. And Abraham says a shocking statement. He says, they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't listen to them, they'll never listen to the one whom God raised from the dead. Amen. So there is an essential unity between Christ and Moses. The New Testament Jews, their problem was not that they believed the Old Testament. The problem was they misread the Old Testament, and they thought that they could be saved by obeying the law of Moses, which was never true in the Old Testament, which has not been true and never will be true. So their problem was not that they were reading and believing the Old Testament. The problem is they were misunderstanding it and misapplying it to the whole thing of salvation. Amen. Now, now I, I, I was thinking about something today. And uh, I preached, like I say, for 100 sermons on Genesis. Now I'm starting on Exodus. After that, probably Leviticus and so on. I think another reason that modern Christians do not read the Old Testament is they've never been taught how to read it. Uh, their preachers have been unfaithful. Their preachers have warned them that there's a great chasm between the Old and New Testament, just like there was between the rich man and Lazarus. There's a vast chasm between the two, the Old Testament dispensation, the Old Testament God versus the New Testament and the New Testament God. They've discouraged people from reading the Old Testament. They don't know its history. They don't. Jesus said, uh, the book of Moses, Psalm, a book of Moses, the prophets and Psalms, all speak of me. Now, those were the three great divisions of uh, the Old Testament and still are. The five book of Moses, the prophets, and the book of Psalms and other poetic books. They wrote of him. So everywhere we go in the Old Testament, we should look for Christ. We don't even know what that means. We think it means find these allegories, these secret behind-the-word meanings about Christ. That's not what he meant. Christ in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord that came to all the patriarchs, throughout the patriarchal period was the pre-incarnate Christ himself. The Bible says in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the only way God has ever communicated himself is through the Word. 
So what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to understand the scriptures uh, the way the scriptures meant to be understood. And so we read them, first of all, to find out what they're about. The book of Genesis is about God's covenant. If you, a covenant with Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and on over to Moses, and all over to David. And then when we come to the New Testament, we find that these covenants were not annulled or done away with in the Lord Jesus Christ, but that they were all unified and fulfilled in him. And now we have the privilege of believing the promises, uh, being uh, afraid because of the threats, and of gladly out of faith in Christ, obeying those laws other than the ceremonial rituals. I recommended one time to a young architect. I just led him to Christ. He'd never read the Old Testament before. He was highly intelligent, well-educated. And uh, I, I told him much of what I'm saying now, that he's got to get into the Word of God, but you're not going to understand the New Testament unless you understand the Old Testament. And you've got a long time to catch up. You, you, you better be in a hurry to start understanding the Old Testament. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that book that you gave your little children written by Catherine Voss on the Bible storybook. And I want you to sit down. I want you to read the whole thing backwards and forwards. I want you to get a good view, not just a glimpse, glimpse, but I want you to get a good, solid understanding of what's going on in the Old Testament. And that's the quickest way I know. Now, a lot of these Bible study books aren't any good, but Catherine Voss, who was the daughter of Johannes Voss, grandson of Gerhardus Voss, of great uh, reform fame. Uh, Catherine Voss, V.O.S., wrote, I think, the best Bible storybook for children. And uh, if you, you don't have to tell people you're reading a Bible storybook. But if you want the fastest way to get a good, solid view of the Old Testament, I'm talking to mature men or women, whoever, read that book. And then as you read it, go back and try to understand what each book is about. I wrote uh, a, uh, I preached a series of sermons and then wrote on them. You can get this, I think maybe even free, at comprehensivechristianity.com. It's called something like Going Through the Bible in a Year. And I preach, I write a uh survey of what each of the books of the Old Testament teach, their background, their emphases, uh, to whom they're written. And I write a basic introduction to each of these uh, books, and then I preach one sermon on each book of the Old Testament. That's what about killed me, uh, is just preaching one sermon. So after you've read uh, Catherine Voss, Go to uh, uh, sermonaudio.com, maybe, if you want to hear him preach, or Comprehensive Christianity, and get that. It's about a seven or eight volume set of book, paperback books or on Kindle. 
explaining each book of the Old Testament, how it relates to Christ, how it relates to all the books before and after it. And then I preach on the main text of the book. Uh, there's no shortcuts. I wish I could offer you after saying what I said about the church is weak because we haven't read the Old Testament. Uh, I don't want to leave the impression that all you have to do now is take a pill and you'll have a knowledge and understanding. There are no shortcuts. This is going to take time. It's going to take effort. It is going to take prayer and diligence, but you will never regret it and your children will never regret it. Amen. And we have to go to our first commercial break right now. If you have a question for Dr. Joe Moorcraft, please submit it to chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. As always, give us your first name at least, city and state and country of residence. Uh, please only remain anonymous if you are asking a personal and private question. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Dr. Joe Moorcraft after these messages. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President Emeritus and Professor of Systematic and Applied Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Every Christian who's serious about the Reformed faith and the Westminster Standards should have and use the eight-volume commentary on the theology and ethics of the Westminster Larger Catechism titled Authentic Christianity by Dr. Joseph Moorcraft. It is much more than an exposition of the Larger Catechism. It is a thoroughly researched work that utilizes biblical exegesis as well as historical and systematic theology. Dr. Moorcraft is pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, and I urge everyone looking for a biblically faithful church in that area to visit that fine congregation. For details on the eight-volume commentary, go to westminstercommentary.com, westminstercommentary.com. For details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Please tell Dr. Moorcraft and the saints at Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, that Dr. Joseph Piper of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary sent you. I'm Phil Johnson, Executive Director of Grace to You with John MacArthur. I've been a frequent guest on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, and I highly recommend this show. But today I want to tell you about one of its advertisers, Rare Document Traders. Far and away, my favorite source for quality Charles Spurgeon memorabilia. Are you looking for that special, unique gift for your pastor or missionary friend or a loved one? Why not purchase a piece of church history that any believer would cherish? Rare Document Traders is your one-step source for Spurgeon's handwritten manuscripts and letters, as well as other rare books and collectible items from church history. In 15 years that they've been in business, they've earned a stellar reputation in the Reformed community with thousands of satisfied customers all around the world, including me. Visit raredoctraders.com today. That's raredoctraders.com. Don't forget to mention you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. That's raredoctraders.com.
Pastor Keith Allen of Lindbrook Baptist Church, a Christ-centered, gospel-driven church looking to spread the gospel in the southwest portion of Long Island, New York, and play our role in fulfilling the Great Commission, supporting and sending for the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're delighted to be a part of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron Radio advertising family. At Lindbrook Baptist Church, we believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the inspired word of God, inerrant in the original writings, complete as the revelation of God's will for salvation, and the supreme and final authority in all matters to which they speak. We believe in salvation by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. This salvation is based upon the sovereign grace of God, was purchased by Christ on the cross, and is received through faith alone, apart from any human merit, works, or ritual. Salvation in Christ also results in righteous living, good works, and appropriate respect and concern for all who bear God's image. If you live near Lynbrook, Long Island, or if you're just passing through on the Lord's Day, we'd love to have you come and join us in worship. For details, visit lynbrookbaptist.org. That's L-Y-N brookbaptist.org. This is Pastor Keith Allen of Lynbrook Baptist Church reminding you that by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. May the Lord bless you in the knowledge of himself. President of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Iron 
Sharpens Iron Radio, praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers, educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society, Jewelers of America, and the Gemological Institute of America. For the perfect custom-designed engagement ring or any one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications, Royal Diadem Jewelers has you covered. No matter where you live in the world, Royal Diadem will walk you step-by-step through every stage of the process and even hold a high-tech internet virtual visit using state-of-the-art jewelry design technology to serve you. They start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they're continually listening to your input, likes and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. Visit royaldiadem.com. That's royaldiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewellers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, RoyalDiadem.com is still offering Iron Sharpens Iron Radio this mind-blowing opportunity. They are giving Iron Sharpens Zion Radio 100% of the profits from any sale of jewelry to an Iron Sharpens Zion Radio listener simply by that listener mentioning Iron Sharpens Zion Radio. So if you have any intention to buy jewelry for yourself or someone you love, and keep in mind Valentine's Day is right around the corner, uh, if you are not getting something that they already have in stock, perhaps you want something custom designed, like an engagement ring, like taking your church logo, power church ministry logo, denomination logo, or seminary logo, and turning it into a, a pendant for a necklace or a ring, or anything else your imagination and creativity can conjure up in your brain, they will take what's in your brain and turn it into a physical piece of jewelry that will blow your mind. And I've seen firsthand the mastery that RoyalDiadem.com has over customizing jewelry. So please, if you have any intention to purchase jewelry, either what they have in stock or having something customized, please go to RoyalDiadem.com soon because we have no idea when they're going to pull the plug on this offer where we receive 100% of the profits from the sale. RoyalDiadem.com, mention Iron Trip and Zion Radio. Uh, and we are now back with my guest, uh, Dr. Joseph C. Moorcraft III, pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia. We are discussing the importance of reading and hearing the Old Testament preached. If you have a question, our, our email address is chrisarnson at gmail.com. chrisarnson at gmail.com. Uh, give us your first name, at least, city and state and country of residence. And by the way, Dr. Moorcraft, I don't want to get too far off the main subject, but I've never heard anyone uh, say this other than myself, and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but do you see, as I do, in that text that you cited earlier from Luke 16, 19 through 31, where you have the rich man in hell, and he is 
crying out to Abraham, uh, I, be- I beg you, Father, that you send him, meaning the raised Lazarus, to my father's house, for I have five brothers, in order that, that, in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But he said, no, Father Abraham, but if somebody goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. I'm the only one that I am aware of who has gleaned from that, among other things, uh, a, a very powerful added support uh, to the doctrine of total depravity, and it really militates against the Arminian or the non-reformed person's understanding of the will, because why wouldn't somebody rising from the dead persuade someone if an Arminian's understanding of the will is correct? Very good. I mean, that that story that Jesus told uh, corrects so many things that we believe in the modern church today. That it's only Christ who can give the faith to believe in Moses. It's only Christ and the Spirit that can give faith to believe in one who's raised from the dead. And we have such a truncated gospel today, and we have uh, our preachers a lot to thank for that. Uh, uh, an old man told me one time, and of course our seminaries, our seminaries today are shot. And I had an old country man one time tell me, he said, Joe, you can't get the mud out of the stream until you get the hogs out of the spring. <laughs> and we got to change these seminary professors. <laughs> and he is exactly right. There's very few professors that they don't teach these young guys how to preach. They themselves, if you could look at all of the new heresies uh, for conservative reform churches. Now you got heresies in liberal churches, but there's a whole group of new heresies over the past couple years that's aimed at conservative Reformed Baptists, conservative Reformed Presbyterians try to change us. And every one of those heresies have at their heart uh, discrediting, for one reason or another, the Old Testament, an Old Testament covenant, the Old Testament law. Uh, they try to drive a wedge between the Old and New Testament by saying, that uh, the Old Testament in another dispensation, it's written to another group of people. Uh, it presents another gospel, and we we for for instance the covenant of Moses. The covenant of Moses is just a restatement of the covenant of works to Adam. God told Adam, you obey me and you'll be saved. And so these conservative celebrity Calvinists say that's basically what Moses is saying. Obey my law and you'll be saved. 
But that's not what he's saying. Let me give you a quick outline of the three main points of the Mosaic Covenant, uh, which is also the main point of the book of Exodus. The first 18 verses of the book, uh, chapters of the book of Exodus are about redemption. The redemption of God's people from Egypt. The celebration of that redemption in Passover. Redemption is deliverance from sin and death. And the bringing of those redeemed people into new relationship with God. The second section of Exodus is chapter 19 through 24. And it has to do with sanctification. And now that Israel is a redeemed nation, here is how she should live. So there's the Ten Commandments and the practical applications of the Ten Commandments. And I like to ask people this simple question. Which came first, the crossing of the Red Sea or the giving of the law on Mount Sinai? Obviously, the crossing of the Red Sea came before the giving of the law on Mount Sinai because the law was given to a redeemed people, not to redeem them, but to one that's already been redeemed. If the law of God was given before the crossing of the Red Sea and the Exodus, that would mean we have to be saved by law and meet the qualifications of law before we can be redeemed. But the Red Sea, praise God, and the crossing of the Red Sea and the redemption of Israel out of Egypt came before the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. And then the third section of the book of Exodus from chapter 25 through chapter 40 is on reconciliation. It's on the building of the tabernacle. So the first third is on redemption. The second third is on sanctification. The third uh, section is on reconciliation. Where in that picture do you find legalism? When somebody says the book of Exodus is just about laws, that tells me they have not read the Old Testament. They have not read the book of Exodus. That the book of Moses is centered on Christ is simply the outgrowth and development of the covenant theme of the book of Genesis. I like to point out to my people that the first word in the book of Exodus is not what the English versions say it is. The first word in the Hebrew uh, Exodus is and. A-N-D, W-A-W in Hebrew. So you have the book of Genesis, the story of the covenant of grace, and then it ends in a grave, and everybody says, well, that's so discouraging. Yes, until you realize that was a grave of a king who was going to be buried in the promised land. And so you have the fulfillment of the promise of the covenant of Abraham as the way the uh, Genesis ends, and then the way Exodus begins is, and furthermore, 
we develop and advance that great theme in Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So people who say that the Old Testament is concerned with laws and the New Testament is concerned with grace don't know what they're talking about, number one, but it shows their ignorance. And I wouldn't say that to too many people because it's, it's proof that you haven't read the Old Testament. And so when they say that there's a dichotomy, that the Old Testament is to a different group on a different theme than the New Testament, and the New Testament is an entirely different covenant, entirely different than any covenant in the Old Testament. They're simply saying what they were taught to say by some preacher who had a dispensational view of the Old Testament. Amen. And uh, we do have a listener uh, who I will give his full name, unlike what I usually do. Uh, Matthew Ware has been a guest on this program. And uh, he uh, is also the director of Child Evangelism for Child Evangelism Fellowship of Redding and Berks County, Pennsylvania. And uh, he, he is also a speaker for a group that invited you, Dr. Moorcraft, to speak at one of their conferences. Uh, they're known as MARS, M-A-R-S, the Mid-Atlantic oh, yeah. Reformation Society. Well, in fact, back in the 1960s, I used to go to this ghetto in Bristol, Tennessee, and work for child evangelism for two years. Oh, wow. Well, uh, Matthew Ware uh, asked this question, and I just had it in front of me, and I got to look for it. Uh, let's see here, the Matthew Ware's question. Given the current ignorance of the Old Testament that is in much of the evangelical church today, would you recommend that pastors prioritize preaching through the Old Testament books over the New Testament books? Well, the, they are the same message, but Jesus is more glorious than Moses. But they both preach the same gospel. So that is a hard question to ask. I don't know the nature of his congregation. Uh, I picked I picked te texts I'm going to preach on uh, because because I see certain needs in my congregation that need to be met. So that is a difficult question to ask answer. Uh, but I'll make this point, and that is more than likely evangelical pre and reformed preachers spend more time preaching out of the New Testament than the Old. And therefore, for a while anyway, I would spend more time preaching on the Old Testament because the more your people understand the Old Testament, the more they're going to understand and love the New Testament. And like I said a while ago, when you unhitch yourself from the Old Testament. You're unhitching yourself from the New Testament as well. Well, thank you, Matthew. I think this may be, I may be mistaken, but this may be your first question that you've submitted to 
Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, and if so, please make sure I have your full mailing address because you have just won a free New American Standard Bible. Uh, so uh, please uh, email that to us right away so that Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com, can ship out to you that free Bible. And we want to thank nasbible.com, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible, for uh, providing an unlimited supply of free NASBs to give away to first-time questioners. I also want to plug Child Evangelism Fellowship of Reading and Berks County by giving their website, cefberks, and that's B-E-R-K-S.com, cefberks.com. And also the website for the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society is midatlanticreformation.org. MidAtlanticReformation.org. We're going to our midway break right now, folks. Please be patient. It's longer than the other breaks. Please use this time wisely. Write down as much of the contact information as you possibly can, provided by as many of our advertisers as you possibly can, so that you can more frequently and successfully contact our advertisers, keeping in mind that they are a primary reason under the grace of God, of course, that we exist as a radio program. Uh, So uh, please make sure that you are letting our advertisers know how much you appreciate them spending money in order to keep Iron Trip and Zion Radio on the air. Uh, Even if you can't spend money in responding to our advertisers, you can't buy their products or use their services, please at least contact them and thank them for sponsoring Iron Trip and Zion Radio. And also send in your questions to Dr. Joseph C. Moorcraft III on the Old Testament and its importance to chrisarnson at gmail.com. chrisarnson at gmail.com gives you first name at least, city and state and country of residence. We'll be right back. Don't go away. It's such a blessing to hear from Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners from all over the world. Here's Joe Riley, a listener in Ireland who wants you to know about a guest on the show he really loves hearing interviewed, Dr. Joe Moorcraft. I'm Joe Riley, a faithful Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener here in Atoy in County Kildare, Ireland, going back to 2005. One of my very favorite guests on Iron Sharpens Iron is Dr. Joe Moorcraft. If you've been blessed by Iron Sharpens Iron radio, Dr. Moorcraft and Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, are largely to thank since they are one of the program's largest financial supporters. Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming is in Forsyth County, a part of the Atlanta metropolitan area. Heritage is a thoroughly biblical church, unwaveringly committed to Westminster standards, and Dr. Joe Moorcraft is the author of an eight-volume commentary on the larger catechism. Heritage is a member of the Hanover Presbytery, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and tracing its roots and heritage back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Heritage maintains and follows the biblical truth and principles proclaimed by the Reformers. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, and God's glory alone. Their primary goal is the worship of the triune God that continues in eternity. For more details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. That's heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Or call 678-954-7831. That's 678-954-7831. If you visit, tell them Joe Riley, an Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener, Matai in County Kildare, Ireland, sent you.
Hi, I'm Buzz Taylor. Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. Or you can order by phone at one 800 656-0231 That's 1-800-656-0231 Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005 the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joe Moorcraft, pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church in Cumming, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Anthony Uvino, founder of TheReformRookie.com and co-founder of New York Apologetics, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tim Bushong of Syracuse Baptist Church in Syracuse, Indiana, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Eli Ayala, founder of Revealed Apologetics and staff member with the Historical Bible Society, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Josh Miller of Grace Bible Fellowship Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Joe Bianchi, president of Calvary Press Publishing in Greenville, South Carolina, And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jake Korn of Switzerland Community Church in Switzerland, Florida. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Hi, this is John Sampson, pastor of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, taking a moment of your day to talk about Chris Arnzen and the Iron Sharpens Iron podcast. I consider Chris a true friend and a man of high integrity. He's a skilled interviewer who's not afraid to ask the big penetrating questions while always defending the key doctrines of the Christian faith. I've always been happy to point people to this podcast knowing it's one of the very few safe places on the internet where folk won't be led astray. I believe this podcast needs to be heard far and wide. 
This is a day of great spiritual compromise. And yet God has raised Chris up for just such a time. And knowing this, it's up to us as members of the body of Christ to stand with such a ministry in prayer and in finances. I'm pleased to do so and would like to ask you to prayerfully consider joining me in supporting Iron Sharpens Iron financially. Would you consider sending either a one-time gift or even becoming a regular monthly partner with this ministry? I know it would be a huge encouragement to Chris if you would. All the details can be found at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can click support. That's ironsharpensironradio.com. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com This is Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the end for which we strive is the glory of God. If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Sasser wishing you all the richest blessings of our sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King Jesus Christ today and always. I'm Dr. Tony Costa, Professor of Apologetics and Islam at Toronto Baptist Seminary. I'm thrilled to introduce to you a church where I've been invited to speak and have grown to love, Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, Long Island, New York, pastored by Rich Jensen and Christopher McDowell. It's such a joy to witness and experience fellowship with people of God like the dear saints at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, who have an intensely passionate desire to continue digging deeper and deeper into the unfathomable riches of Christ in His Holy Word, and to enthusiastically proclaim Christ Jesus the King and His doctrines of sovereign grace in Suffolk County, Long Island, and beyond. I hope you 
also have the privilege of discovering this precious congregation and receive the blessing of being showered by their love, as I have. For more information on Hope Reform Baptist Church, go to hopereformedli.net. That's hopereformedli.net. Or call 631-696-5711. That's 631-696-5711. Tell the folks at Hope Reformed Baptist Church of Quorum, Long Island, New York, that you heard about them from Tony Costa on Iron Sharpens Iron. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnzen is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission to foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future, and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And allow me to recommend some books provided by solid-ground-books.com since it is our theme today uh, to uphold the importance of reading 
the Old Testament and hearing it preached, uh, we have available through solid-ground-books.com an introduction to the Old Testament Pentateuch by Herbert Wolf, an introduction to the Old Testament historical books by David M. Howard, an introduction to the Old Testament poetical books by C. Hassel Bullock, an introduction to the Old Testament prophetic books, also by C. Hassel Bullock, and a survey of Old Testament introduction by Gleason Archer, and there are many more books that involve the Old and New Testaments in this treasure trove known as solid-ground-books.com. And let me remind you, they are going through a book sales crisis. I'm hoping that many of you in my audience come to their rescue by purchasing books from them today. Please go to solid-ground-books.com and make your largest purchase ever. And if you've never purchased from them before, please make your very first purchase today at solid-ground-books.com. And please always mention that you heard about them from Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Before I return to my guest, Dr. Joseph C. Moorcraft III, and our discussion on the importance of reading the Old Testament and hearing it preached, uh, we have uh, some important announcements to make. Uh, first of all, if you really love this show, folks, you don't want it to disappear from the airwaves, I'm urging you, please go to ironsharpensironradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. You could donate instantly with a debit or credit card. If you prefer snail mail, mailing in a physical check to a physical address the old-fashioned way at your local post office, there will also be a physical address that appears on your screen when you click support at ironsharpensironradio.com, where you can mail your checks made payable to Iron Radio. If you want to advertise with us, whether it's your church, your parachurch ministry, your business, your professional practice like a medical firm or a law firm, or perhaps it's just a special event you want to advertise, whatever it is, if it's compatible with what I believe, I would love to help you launch an ad campaign quickly because we're just as much in urgent need of your advertising dollars as we are in your donations. So send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line. Always remember, when you are donating to Iron Trepan's Iron Radio, never cut in to the finances that you have set aside for your giving to your own local church where you're a member on the Lord's Day. In other words, never give your own church where you're a member less money than you normally give your church because you want to give Iron Trepan's Iron Radio a financial blessing. Please do not do that. And also, if you're really struggling to survive, wait until you're back on your feet and more financially stable before you send us a financial gift. The Bible's very clear that we are commanded uh, to use the money with which he has blessed us, which is still his money, uh, that we're primarily to use that money to provide for our church and our family. Providing for my radio show is obviously not a command of God, but if you love the show, you don't want it to disappear, you have extra money, for benevolent, recreational, and trivial purposes. Well, please share some of that money with us if you want us to survive and you love the show. Go to iontrepensionradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. Last but not least, if you are not a member of a Christ-honoring, biblically faithful, doctrinally solid, theologically sound church like Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, I have extensive lists of biblically faithful churches spanning the globe, And I have helped many people in our audience all over the world 
find churches, even sometimes within minutes from where they live, and I may be able to help you find a church, too, if you just submit to me your request. Uh, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put I need a church in the subject line. That's also the email address where you can send in a question to Dr. Joseph C. Moorcraft III on the issue of the importance of reading the Old Testament and hearing it preached. chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state, and your country of residence. Uh, let's see here. We have a question from Cindy in Findlay, Ohio. And uh, she says, good afternoon, Pastor Moorcraft and Chris. First, let me say, Pastor Moorcraft, you are in my top two of favorite guests on Chris's show. It's always a pleasure to tune in and especially to hear you. I have recently acquired many Facebook friends who are Hebrew roots or Torah observant. This is a genre of quote, quote, Christianity. Uh, This genre of Christianity is very diverse as they do not have a central hub, so to speak. And so their thinking and understanding can vary. However, from my understanding, it is increasing in popularity. There are so many nuances to explore, but one thing I would like to focus on is this. I appreciate the zeal of these people to learn and embrace the history and origins of Christianity. I know there, I know there, they are devout Christians who like to participate in some of the festivals and such, not as a means of obtaining or maintaining righteousness, but just to have a better Christian understanding of the Judeo-Christian faith. One main focus when I'm speaking to these people is to emphasize the keeping of the law does not bring righteousness. I have heard it said by some Hebrew scholars who defend Christianity against Torahism that to observe Old Testament Sabbaths or festivals is permitted but not required. It is obviously not required, but could you also speak on the permitted part? And I'll I'll pick up the rest of her questions after that, because she's got a really long list here. Well, that's a good question, and I, I've, I've found Christian churches that uh, hold the view. I, I do not practice, even just as illustration, any of the ceremonial rituals of the Old Testament, neither Passover nor any of them, uh, for various reasons. But the main reason is I don't want to leave the impression that, uh, well, let's put it this way. Paul says that the ceremonial rituals like Passover and the others in the Old Testament are shadows. And we have the substance in Jesus. So I don't need Passover anymore. Uh, the way I get our people to understand Christ in Passover is I preach on it. I don't uh, use it as an illustration. Uh, I don't think we're supposed to do it in worship, whether it's an illustration or what. But I think we must focus on the point that even though there's no dichotomy and there's no wedge between the Old Testament and the New Testament and between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, 
the new covenant in Christ is infinitely more glorious. Second Timothy, Second uh, Corinthians chapter three, infinitely more glorious. So I don't want to go back to anything. I don't want to get our people to want to go back to see the old rituals, the Old Testament. We can read about them. We can preach upon them. We can study them. But I don't want anything to uh, minimize or to lessen the greater glory of the new covenant in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that is not to say that uh, there, there's nothing in the Old Testament that we should be practicing today. There is all kinds of things. Uh, when God gave, gives a law, a moral law to his people, that moral law is to be obeyed until God says it no longer needs to be obeyed. And so we have the Ten Commandments. We've got all the practical applications of the Ten Commandments in the case laws of the Old Testament. All of those are to be practiced. All of those are to be obeyed by God's grace. The ceremonial rituals, the underlying principle in all of those rituals is still true. We don't need the rituals anymore, but the principles are still true. We still need a priest to get us to God. We still need a, a, a sacrifice in order to have our sins forgiven. So those basic gospel principles illustrated in the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament are still applicable, even though the ceremonial rituals themselves are shadows of the greater glory of Christ. Now, what most Christians don't realize today is, I was talking to a man, I ran for Congress several years ago, and the liberals and the socialists, oh, they didn't like me at all. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. And uh, they said, uh, you're a legalist. You're a Christian and you're a legalist. You believe in the laws of God, the Bible, and all those things. I said, no, wait a minute. I only have three to 600 laws. And I'm not going to make any new ones. And they're all in the Bible. Huh. But you socialists, in the federal, uh, in uh, the book that illustrates all of the things coming out of the executive office, you have thousands of new laws every year. Right. In the congressional record, which is what all the laws that comes out of Congress every year, you have thousands of more. And every year you have thousands, thousands more. I only got three or six hundred. Who's the legalist? That's right. I'm not going to make any more. I don't want any more. But you're going to enslave us with your laws all the time. And that's why we've got to point to these ignorant socialists and liberals and ignorant Christians. We're not the legalists. Right. Uh, they say, well, it's terrible to force people to obey your laws. I do not have any laws to obey. It is God's law contained in Holy Scripture, that we and all human institutions are to obey. Amen. And when we do that, 
when we limit ourselves to laws based upon the law of God, we have far more freedom than somebody who has to obey thousands of new laws every year. Uh, I was uh, one funny story. There was a professor of a major fundamentalist seminary who was in a public debate with a friend of mine. And uh, the issue was, are Christians obligated to obey the various case laws of the Old Testament other than the Ten Commandments? And the professor of the seminary said, a Christian today is not obligated to obey any of the laws of the Old Testament. My friend stood up and said, I'm going to make the point that my uh, opponent does not believe what he says since he's a Christian. He said that the Christians do, are not obligated to obey the laws of the Old Testament. I don't believe he believes what he says. Well, the seminary professor said to him, uh, I don't know what you mean. And so my friend said, well, there are several laws that are from the Old Testament that are repeated in the New Testament. Are you saying we're not supposed to obey these laws from the Old Testament that are repeated in the New Testament? So the professor cleared his throat and said, well, let me clarify my position. I don't believe that Christians are obligated to obey any laws of the Old Testament unless they are repeated in the New Testament. <laughs> My friend said to him in front of this audience, I still don't believe that you believe the point you're trying to make. Well, now that frustrated him. And so the professor said, Mr. So-and-so, I'm trying to get to agree with you. And I have changed now to the point that Christians do not have to obey the laws of the Old Testament unless they are repeated in the New Testament. And my friend said, well, you don't believe that. And, he, and the professor said, what do you mean? He said, well, there is a law in the Old Testament that forbids bestiality that forbids having sexual relationship with animals. But that law is not repeated in the New Testament. So are you telling me that it would be okay for your pastor to copulate with a goat? He said, that's what I'm saying. Why? Are you kidding me? So when they get to that point, you see where that weaker view of the Old Testament gets you. Right. It gets you to perversion, immorality, irrationality, and death. Yeah, that, that shows to me that that man may have been, when he was backed in the corner, just didn't want to admit he was wrong. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly right. And, uh, in fact, there was a, uh, a Christian who wrote a book trying to support that professor's idea to some extent and he actually included in the book that if it is not 
the law of the land to make um, incest illegal. Like, uh, if it's not against the law where you live to marry your sister, a Christian can in good conscience marry his sister. That's where he uh, wound up uh, with his theology. Isn't that pathetic? Oh, yeah. I mean, once you start saying that, the world laughs at us. Yep. I mean, the world really laughs at us. And that's why I say that if we unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament, we're unhitching ourselves from Christianity and from the New Testament. The ceremonial laws, we don't obey them anymore because we got the real thing in Christ. But the principles they illustrate are still in effect. You have to have a priest, a mediator between yourself and God. You have to have, have, to have a, a, a substitutionary sacrifice to have your sins forgiven. But those were just illustrations and shadows of the real thing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, now I want to the- emphasize one other thing, too. I don't want to skip over this. My church is made up of all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of denominations. I've never seen a congregation more united in the truth. I have never seen a congregation where there is greater oneness of accord and where the voice of confessing the faith is more unified. I've ne- I've been to many churches in my life, but I have uh, the churches that have been the more unified, that have been accepting of people, even though they do come from different backgrounds. Uh, those churches that are more unified and more accepting of people are those churches that read the Old Testament. Those churches that have a more unified view of the faith, a broader and deeper understanding of the faith, and a greater oneness with each other are those churches that love to hear the Old Testament preached as well as the New. I mean, that's a very important thing to, to emphasize. By the way, I'm just... That is, yeah. Okay, well, you can finish your thought, but I just wanted to have you... No, ask. that's okay, I'm true. I wanted you to clarify, as far as Cindy from Findlay, Ohio's question, have you ever experienced an encounter with people from these groups known as Hebrew Roots or Torah Observance? I've never come in contact with people that use those labels. Okay. Well, but I have I have met a lot of people who hold similar views because of the dispensationalism of their preachers. Well, she says, uh, and I've edited this because it's very long, I'm hoping that they, meaning these people in the Hebrew roots and Torah observant, will see that they are trusting in their obedience rather than in Christ. 
I have yet to have one person answer that question. Do you have any suggestions as to how I can better respond? I have numerous scriptures that I quote to them rather than just my opinion, and it just boils down to the fact that they do not understand the connection between the old and the new. They say they want to follow Jesus, so they do what Jesus did. I usually respond, Jesus had not died and resurrected yet, and quote John six twenty nine, where Jesus said, this is the work which God requires that you believe on him who he has sent. Very good. Uh, that is true. And I found that a lot of these people who talk about uh, their Hebrew roots or of uh, completed Jews, that they know more, and they don't have any idea what the Old Testament taught. And what they believe is not what the Old Testament teaches. When I lived in another county, near where I lived was a, an allegedly Christian synagogue called the House of Halil. And they had a lot of people go. Several hundred people, Messianic Jews, so to speak, went. And the services were a couple hours long. There was very little similarity between the content of the preaching in this church and the content of the preaching in the Old Testament. Uh, because they don't know what the Old Testament believed. Uh, the, these uh, completed Jewish synagogues are dis dispensational. They are uh, anti-law. They misunderstand the law. They have a lawless gospel. And after two hours, the culminating event in the worship service is everybody stands up and salutes the Israeli flag. <laughs> I think that is not only blasphemous, I believe it is treasonous. And and we there, there's very little relationship mm -hmm. between modern Judaism and the Old Testament. What? One time I was at a seminar put on by the ACLU, and whenever the ACLU needed some extreme right wing Christian, they'd always ask me to go, and I would always go, and I was usually the only conservative Christian there. And uh, they would mock me and all that stuff, but that was okay. So in the midst of one discussion, a Jewish rabbi stands up and says a few words. And so I say to him, I say, Rabbi so-and-so, it's encouraging to see you here because even though you're Jewish and I'm Christian, we should have more in common than anybody in this room because I believe the Torah of Yahweh is essential to public justice. And this rabbi's face flushed red. And with this distinctive and angry Yiddish accent, he said, you have misunderstood Judaism. Judaism is not a religion of the Torah. 
it is the religion of the rabbis. And then I said, sir, well, we have nothing in common. You're a humanist, and I'm not. Hmm. So people today should understand that there's very little relationship between modern Judaism and the Old Testament. Yes, in fact, I don't know if you've read it, but Baruch Maoz, who I've had on this program, he is a native Israeli Reformed Baptist, and he wrote a book. Uh, I really much prefer his original title. It was called Judaism is Not Jewish, and he was bringing up the very things that you were talking about. Today, it's called Come, Let Us Reason Together, a friendly critique of the Messianic movement. But I much, yeah. I much prefer Judaism is not Jewish. But you could get that. Yeah, I would, I would prefer that too because it, it is misleading. Yes, and uh, the uh, you could get that at solid-groundishbooks.com, solid-groundishbooks.com, and ask for Come Let Us Reason Together by Baruch Maoz, B-A-R-U-C-H, M as in Michael, A-O-Z. Uh, and uh, thank you, um Cynthia, we, we really have to move on. Uh, I know that you still had more you wanted to ask about, but it was uh, much too long for this program. Uh, let's see here. We have, uh, I believe, a first-time listener. <clears throat> His name is Brandon, and he lives in New... R- not, I'm sorry, not New Ringgold. That's here in Pennsylvania. He lives in Ringgold, Georgia. I don't know how close that is to you. Is that- well... No, it's, it's long. It's about two and a half hours for me, but he's a member of my church. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today, Brandon. And uh, Brandon says, in the Older Testament, was there parity between those who were natural-born Israelites and those who were grafted in, or were non-ethnic peoples which were grafted in reckoned as a separate category? Uh, that is a good question, too. And I'll answer it this way, and I'm going to answer it even more Sunday morning in the sermon in Exodus. You know, one of the important things about uh, the first chapter of Genesis is that Exodus is the fulfillment of the great promise of, to Abraham that there would be this uh, awesome fertility among the Jews that their number would grow greater than the uh, stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. And so when the Hebrews came to Egypt, they came with 70-some people. When they left, in the Exodus, they left with 3 million people. Now, where did all those people come from? Well, the, the Hebrew people themselves were very fertile. But when it says that Abraham had uh, 70 people with him, it doesn't count all of the slaves and workmen that were employed by him, which was some three three or four hundred more, and they were very fertile. But also, it included convergent Egyptians. That these Hebrews converted Egyptians to Christ. And so they... Uh, let's put it this way. The, he, the covenant people were not ethnically pure. That is, the word Israel 
is not a racial name. It is a religious name. And so, and as time went on, other peoples, like the Gibeonites, other people joined with the Hebrews mm-hmm. and became one, and there was no uh, second, sta- uh, second stage uh, Hebrews. They were all one in Christ, because Israel is not the name of a political unit. It is the name of a people religiously connected by covenant. Amen. So that is a very good question. In fact, Abraham was a Gentile. That's exactly right. He was not a Hebrew. And he's the father of the Jews. So Yes, sir, he is. <clears throat> well, we have to go to our final break. If you have a question that you'd like to ask as well, send it pretty quickly because we're running out of time to chrisarnson at gmail.com chrisarnson at gmail.com gives you first name at least city and state and country of residence we'll be right back don't go away james white of alpha and omega ministries here if you've watched my dividing line webcast often enough you know i have a great love for getting bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity and besides that they feel so good i'm so delighted i discovered post tenebrous lux bible rebinding no radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently but i'll give it a shot Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebrous Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest and buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie All in 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on post-Tenebrous Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. Today at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops, and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ, staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban, and we are always about the message of Jesus. Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York, by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631 631- 
385-8333 or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org. Sarnson here, host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. I strongly recommend a church I've been recommending as far back as the 1980s, Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how he shall be worshipped and how he shall be represented in the world. They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. They endeavor to maintain a God-centered focus and to protect worship from the intrusion of carnal entertainments and distractions. Reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at gcbc-nj.org. That's gcbc-nj.org. Or call them at 908-996-7654. That's 908-996-7654. Tell Pastor Dunn you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Have you noticed the gap that exists between the Sunday morning sermon and the Sunday school classroom or the small group study? So often we experience great preaching from the pulpit, but when it comes time to study God's Word in those smaller settings, well, let's be honest, it leaves a lot to be desired. It seems like it is nearly impossible to find good curriculum out there today that is true to the Word of God and is built upon sound doctrine. Much less, it's hard to find curriculum that will actually teach people how to study the Bible. Hi there, my name is Jordan Tu, and I am the Executive Director of the Baptist Publishing House. Our ministry is dedicated to providing local churches with sound Bible study resources. Our quarterly curriculum is titled The Baptist Expositor, and for good reason. We are Baptist, and we exegete the Scriptures. If you want to have a curriculum that teaches your people how to study the Word of God, I invite you, go to our website, download a free study, baptistpublishinghouse.com. May God bless you. Hello, my name is Anthony Uvinio, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and also the host of the ReformRookie.com website. I want you to know that if you enjoy listening to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show like I do, you can now find it on the Apple's iTunes app by typing Iron Sharpens Iron radio in the search bar. You no longer have to worry about missing a show or a special guest because you're in your car or still at work. Just subscribe on the iTunes app and listen to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show at any time, day or night. Please be sure to also give it a good review and pass it along to anyone who would benefit from the teaching and the many solidly reformed guests that Chris Arnson has on the show. Truth is so hard to come by these days, so don't waste your time with fluff or fake news. Subscribe to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio podcast right now. And while you're at it, 
You can also sign up for the ReformRookie.com podcast and visit our website and the YouTube page. We are dedicated to teaching Christian theology from a Reformed Baptist perspective to beginners in the faith as well as seasoned believers. From Keech's Catechism and the Doctrines of Grace to the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Leviticus, the Reform Rookie podcast and YouTube channel is sure to have something to offer everyone seeking biblical truth. And finally, if you're looking to worship in a Reformed church that holds to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, please join us at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, New York. Again, I'm Pastor Anthony Avenio, and thanks for listening. Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005. The publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President and Professor of Systematic and Homiletical Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Taylor, South Carolina. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck White at the First Trinity Lutheran Church in Tonawanda, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Anthony Mathenia of Christ Church in Radford, Virginia. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jesse Miller of Damascus Road Christian Church in Gardnerville, Nevada. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Bruce Bennett of Word of Truth Church in Farmingville, Long Island, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Rodney Brown of Metro Bible Church in South Lake, Texas. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jim Harrison of Red Mills Baptist Church in Mayapack Falls, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. President of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. 
I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together, as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com. Welcome back, and I want to remind our listeners of a couple of things. Uh, You've been hearing the ads for the Historical Bible Society every day in my show for years. Please never forget that that fine ministry was founded by its president, Daniel P. Buttafuoco, attorney at law of Buttafuoco & Associates. If you are the victim of a very serious personal injury or medical malpractice, wherever you live in the United States, in all 50 states, call 1-800-NOW-HURT, 1-800-NOW-HURT, or visit their website, 1-800-NOW-HURT.COM, 1-800-NOW-HURT.COM. Make sure you mention Iron Trip and Zion Radio. Also, if you are a man in ministry leadership, you are invited to the next free biannual Iron Trip and Zion Radio Pastor's Luncheon to be held on Thursday, June the 6th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Church of the Living Christ in Loysville, Pennsylvania, which is Perry County. For the very first time, my guest speaker is Dr. Joel Beakey, the founder and president of Puritan Reform Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <clears throat> Not only will your admission be for free and your meal for free, but every man attending will receive a very heavy sack of free brand new books, and they have been personally selected by me and generously donated by Christian publishers all over the United States and United Kingdom. So if you want to register for free, if you're a man in ministry leadership, send me an email as soon as you can to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put Pastor's Luncheon in the subject line. And uh, Dr. Joe Moorcraft, before we go on to any more listener questions, I really want you to get uh, at the heart of what you want our listeners to most remember about this topic today, and then we can proceed and take as many listener questions as we have time for. Uh, I want preachers to preach all the Bible and only the Bible. I want them to understand that the Protestant Reformation took place when these great preachers of the gospel preached the entirety of the Scriptures. 
I pray that the members of the churches that are listening will love the Old Testament. The more they love the Old Testament, the more they love Christ. I wrote two little books. I'm not the greatest writer in the world, but I try to put the fodder where the cattle can reach it. And one of the books is called uh, How to Study the Bible Biblically. And it is written for the average Christian uh, to teach them how to understand the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, law, prophecy, everything. And uh, it is only about 50, 60 pages long. And you can get it for paperback or for uh, Kindle from comprehensivechristianity.com, I think. And then I have about 25 lectures for preachers called The Reconstruction of Preaching. Because I believe that's the secret. The spearhead of the change of America is the preaching of the Word of God. And I think our biggest fault and our biggest failure is that preachers don't know how to preach the Word of God. So I, I gave these 25 lectures at a conference from a, a seminary that's no longer in existence. And I think you could get the reconstruction of preaching. I know you can get it from sermonaudio.com in audio tape. And you ought to be able to get it also from uh, comprehensivechristianity.com. Great. And um, we uh, also have Jerome in Hollis, Queens, New York. And Jerome says, what do you think of people who carry around a New Testament alone, the miniature versions of the Bible, and sometimes it will be the New Testament and the Psalms? Well, Francis Nigel Lee was one of the greatest scholars of the late 20th century. He was a South African, and he said this that has some hyperbole in it. He said the New Testament is a short commentary on the real Bible. And so I think that those who carry around New Testaments are depriving themselves of the people they want to listen to with the whole Bible. You can't understand the New Testament without the Old. Now, do you think it's wrong, though, for someone who has just as much appreciation of the importance of the Old Testament as you do, but on occasion, just so because they can fit it in their pocket, they walk around perhaps into a hospital or wherever, and they not only may read something from this miniature Bible uh, at someone's bedside, they may give it away. They may give many copies away. And yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, if they can only give out the, the Gospel of John, I'm for just giving out the Gospel of John if that's all they can do. Amen. And uh, let's see here. We have uh, Philip, who is located in Aquabog, Long Island, New York. And Philip says, do you think that a part of the reason why many Christian pastors, evangelists, and ordinary members of churches stay away from the Old Testament as far and as often as possible 
is because they are embarrassed by some of the harder to understand things that took place there, including is Israelites wiping out whole tribes and peoples. Uh, out. I, I, Go ahead. I think that is true. There's no reason to be embarrassed since it is the word of God, but I, I think that is true. But just bear in mind that God does not do anything wrong or unjust or unkind. Everybody that he destroys deserves it. Nobody that he saves deserves it. So I think that's a very good observation. But we can't be embarrassed at anything the Word of God says because we're putting ourselves and our standards above those of the living God. And uh, I think we should conclude with you uh, bringing laser focus upon those things you most want etched in the hearts and minds of our listeners today. Well, the, the focus. Uh, one time I preached to a bunch of preachers, Presbyterian preachers. It was the last time I was ever in that denomination. And the room was full of Presbyterian preachers. And I asked them, and I said, how many of you all know the verse that says, I determined to know nothing among you but Christ crucified? And they all raised their hands and said they knew that verse. And then I said to their embarrassment, there is no such verse in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> there is no verse in the Bible that says, I determined to know nothing among you but Christ crucified. The verse says, I did not determined to know nothing among you but Christ, comma, and him crucified. As important and as central as the crucifixion of Jesus is, the central focus of Scripture is not the work of Christ. It is the person of Christ, of the a uh, divine human person of Christ. We uh, we don't have any crosses in our church, and so we had a visitor that says, why don't you have a cross in your church? And we said, because we're not cross-centered. We're Christ-centered. But the focus of our preaching and our teaching and the focus of Scripture is the living, reigning, glorious person of the God-man, Jesus Christ. And that's, I think, where we need the church to have a better understanding of the gospel. Amen. Well, let me make sure our listeners have your websites. First of all, if you live in or near Cumming, Georgia, or you're passing through, or you have family, friends, and loved ones in or near Cumming, Georgia, and you want to recommend a great church, the website for Heritage Presbyterian Church in Cumming, Georgia is heritagepresbyterianchurch.com heritagepresbyterianchurch.com and also if you want to order or investigate the eight volume commentary that has been written by Dr. Joseph C. Moorcraft on the Westminster Larger Catechism uh, you can go to westminstercommentary.com westminstercommentary.com and the last website that has all the information you need for Dr. Moorcraft's ministry and writing 
is comprehensivechristianity.com, comprehensivechristianity.com. Dr. Moorcraft, once again, please extend uh, to your elders and your congregation my deepest heartfelt thanks for your belief in this ministry and so much belief that you share a great portion of your monies with which God has blessed you with Iron Trip and Zion Radio. Where's your ad more? Well, you are very generous as it is, and it is not according to the size of your congregation, I can say that. Uh, and I thank God for you. I want to thank everybody who listened, and I want you all to always remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far, far greater Savior than you are a sinner.